You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Sons of Anarchy After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Sons of Anarchy After Show. Hey everybody, Bing is for doing, and what are we doing? We're back in Charming with Sons of Anarchy, Season 6, Episode 2, called 116. We're going to tell you what that means once we get to it, because I was thoroughly confused throughout the whole show. Kevin is not with us tonight. He has sent his love, and so sorry that he misses us, and Matt is also not with us this week. And thankfully, I'm not here all by myself, because we have a very special guest tonight, normally behind the screen. Screen. I'm uh, Stephen Lemieux. Usually, I'm the guy pitching in from the from the booth. You're really behind now in front, but we're gonna get right into it tonight. Forgive me for all my stuff because I have notes, I have computer, I have everything going on. Because last week's episode was super intense. Yeah, it's super intense. I mean, a lot of people didn't think they could go that far, and they definitely can and will. They did, and when we get to the news and gossip portion of the show, I do have uh, some Kurt Sutterness to bring in about the shooting, which uh, I was really intrigued about. We talked about it on the show at the end last week, so um, I got some info on that. But the thing that I noticed about this episode was it started to slow down a little bit. After last week was like, oh my god, super intense, couldn't couldn't believe what was happening, and this week definitely slowed down a little bit. Not in a bad way, but slowed down. Yeah, they definitely do want to... They pull you in and then they give you that kind of setup episode and a few setup. The show's very slow at some points, but then when it does pick up, it really kind of knocks it into you, mm-hmm. especially with Opie and things like that, where it'll hit you when you least expect it and then just won't stop. Yeah. And I I know, I don't know how many of our listeners go out and read all the, the news sites and Deadline and Entertainment Weekly, but that is something that they talked about, that the next few episodes are going to go a little bit slower and the... The shooting is really going to sink in with all of the characters. So that'll be really interesting to see. And I like the foreshadowing of, I mean, I didn't know that they said that before, Mm -hmm. but knowing that now, it makes so much sense with with the Lee storyline with his character. As Mm -hmm. he says, you can't just take him down at once. You got to just slowly, slowly lead him in and bite him off one by one. And that's what we'll see. So talking about the school shooting, um, they obviously, it's the first thing that's addressed in the episode. Uh, we know that the shooter was 11 years old, mm-hmm. um, and he was killed, obviously, during the shooting. Uh, Nero gets the news while he's at Gemma's that it was basically their gun, and we find out there's four uh, students dead and one injured. Um, and now they have, not only do they have the the issue that the gun was theirs, so now it affects Sons and Nero's crew, but now they have the issue of the mom. Actually, it was a lot wider than that, which is even worse, is that it was three kids are dead, four pe- one per- one adult's dead, and nine were injured. Like, that's totally a, that's misheard a mach- that. No, yeah, I almost did, but, like, it's it's crazy to believe that, like, at the same time, there's four four people dead and nine injured. 
you'd ex- you'd expect the numbers to somewhat be higher even when somebody just lets loose with a machine gun in a room. And that's it's terrifying and it's also kind of terrifying to the the good thing the guard was there but at the same time I mean you got to think of the position a guard would be in when it's an 11-year-old who's the attacker and you have to put him down while he's shooting. It's the whole situation is just very terrifying. Well, and now they have like I said not to just deal with Nero's crew and the sons, but now they have to deal with the mother, mm-hmm. um, who is Nero's cousin's, you know, old lady. Um, and she's, she's a junkie. So the cops are obviously going to press her and maybe they're not right now because it's still early on. But I mean, as we all know from seeing these things in real life, they're going to press her and her life's going to be torn apart. And we know that she is a junkie. So that's something that they're going to have to deal with pretty immediately. And he goes to who else but Jax? I'm actually surprised because I was expecting them to take the, take the low road quicker. Like, yeah. cause they really tried hard. They tried hard to protect him, but at the same time, she's, she's just in that mindset. I mean, I don't know what kind of mindset you'd be in after something like this happened, but she really did not believe that they were there, there to help her in any sense of the word, even though it's Nero's cousin, even though she's still his old lady. She must have had some reason to be fairly fearful. And I feel like they just really wanted to get them out of the area and then figure out how to deal with it. Because I don't think it was a, okay, we're going to kill them or, okay, we're not going to kill them. I think it was the Nero was thinking, we need to get them out of the area. Then we'll figure out how to deal with it as a group, which they tried to do. Mom went crazy. Um, they tell us that, you know, she had been clean for nine months, which, I mean, that in itself is is a big deal. But clearly she was using again, um, which at that point I thought she was just going to off herself. I didn't think it was going to go into the whole next yeah. scene. With seeing the guns on the wall, you really expected her to just pull the trigger because she's she's really – she's on heroin at this point. She's high or coming down from the high, whatever it is, and she's saying, mommy, sorry, mommy, sorry. It's like she's talking to herself. That's really like the point where you're like, okay, she's going she's gonna to take a shotgun. I was super disappointed in the guys that they didn't check the house for guns. Like, super disappointed. Like, you know she's on drugs. You know her son just did this horrific thing. You know she's feeling sad and you don't check the house for huge shotguns. Leave her in the cabin alone, too. Yeah, it wasn't the smartest thing in the world. Um, And what was kind of bothersome to me is, you know, they have the whole situation where she comes out with the gun. She goes after... The boys, she tries to get Arcadia to go with him, with her. She, he shoots at Gemma. Nero shoots, it's this, it's this almost anticlimactic at the beginning because everybody just had guns, but nobody was doing anything with them mm-hmm. until he shot at Gemma, which Nero was like not having. Um, but the thing that really confused me and bothered me is while we saw Jax tell Juice, get the kit. We knew they were going to give her drugs because she was coming down and she needed something. Um, but I didn't think that – you didn't hear Jack say, she's done. Take yeah. the pillow. Obviously, we knew we, they couldn't use the drugs because they would look at how much was used. But you didn't hear that. So it was kind of, did Juice take it in his own hands? Did Jax make the call? Why didn't we see Jax make the call? I wish that we had saw that moment kind of. Yeah, it would have been nice to see that movie. But it's also very – it's it's hard to see Jax this way because the whole time he's trying to usurp Clay from power, it's because Clay's doing all these things that are not really with the club. They're things that he's just deciding on his own and not going to the table. But 
all of these situations we have with Chibs always wanting to go to the table. Jax is overruling him. And right now, uh, the relationship that Tig had with Clay, that's, that's Juice and Jax now. Juice is, Juice is Jax's bitch. Well, but with, with Juice, he didn't fear Clay. I mean, with Tig, he didn't fear Clay. Tig just did everything for Clay, and Juice fears Jack. So it's a little bit different, I think. I think there's a big difference in the fact that Juice is just trying to stay alive and stay within this group and do what's right to, so that they don't think that he's a rat. And with Tig, Tig and, and Clay had this year-long friendship, and they were together through everything, and they were okay doing the shady stuff together, where Juice does it out of fear still. It's all motivators, though. I mean, it's... But at the same time, I just feel like Juice is the one. Clay's got him in his back pocket, and he'll do whatever Clay wants. And if it, if it, if the killing of the girl fell back on Juice, it would have only fallen back on Juice and not Jax. Right. So. And then when they when Nero goes to Jax to say to him, you know, I need to know if this was your call. She's a mom. She has two more children. They live with her father. You see Jax have that split second of what did I do because he has two sons. And I feel like this is going to kind of be a thing that we're going to continue to see throughout the next couple episodes is Jax constantly trying to, as he said in the first episode, make decisions as a father and make decisions as a club leader. And he's not able to distinguish the two. And we saw that tonight because not only does he – say he's sorry to Nero, but then he lies to him. Yeah. And this is Clay. I mean, not Clay. I keep saying Clay. Jax is really just falling hard. I mean, his the reason him and Nero hit it off so well at the beginning was because they kind of had the both the same kind of mindset of like, we don't do the messed up crap. Like, that's why that's why we're changing the club is because the club's doing this. We don't want them to do this anymore. But then you hear what what uh what Nero says is he says, risk doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the risk to us is. We don't do – we don't hurt people like that. Right. And well, Nero for the most part is on the straight and narrow. I mean, yeah, they have some illegal things. But for the most part, he wants his business to be legitimate because he wants that house and the land and his son and to get away from it all and let it run itself. And, and he's talked about that. And when they brought Nero in, I really felt like he was going to become a father figure to Jax and Jack was going to – Jax was going to take to him a little bit more, but what it seems is that Nero's still trying to push Jax on the straight and narrow, and Nero's becoming more and more like Clay. Yeah, it's it's sad because it really is foreboding for Nero, like yeah. seeing seeing how seeing how Jax and his care and Nero are their mindsets are completely separate at this point. They're do- Jax is doing things a little bit differently. Nero still wants to be legitimate, but even Jax with the guns, which we'll go into later, is kind of making compromises and. I really think it. this doesn't end well for Nero. No. Another thing that we see uh, within the school shooting is we get introduced to DA uh, Patterson. And basically, she starts talking about it and really, in her mind, just wants to blame a Mexican gang because it'll be done, it'll be over with, it'll be pinned on someone, and they can walk away. Um, and then we're introduced to uh, – she's introduced <laughs> – so boldly to uh, Lee, who of course wants to pin it on Sons. Yeah, it's um, she. She wants to push. She she's she wants to push Darvini. Mm-hmm. Like that was the that was the that was the thing that was kind of like 
this is a woman who just lost her son and everything. She doesn't care. She's like, look, there's dead kids. You go after her. Oh, she's, she's done mourning. Okay. She's done mourning. You go after her now. And Lee's the one who's like, you don't need her. You want to, you need to turn the media against the sons. Cause it's not, it doesn't matter. Like she has so much power right now because what Lee wants her to do is go out and say that it was the sons and turn everyone in the country against the sons. Hey guys, look, these kids were killed. Look who supplied the guns. Look who did this. Look at these guys and put them under a microscope so everything that Lee does with them is just going to explode in proportion. And also because she has the power to do things that he's now starting to not have the power to do, like we see towards the end um, with Clay. So we also see Lee um, back with Clay, trying to get info from him, trying to get him to sign this paperwork. And Clay says, you know, I'll do it, but I need to see my wife and son first because... I know that you want to hurt people because this is personal to you, but I want to hurt people too. That was powerful. It was, but I don't feel like it was honest. You never know what Clay's thinking. From from every season of this series, I have not been able Go ahead. to tell what Clay is thinking. Um, what's interesting about Lee in this in in this is that he says he's running out of favors. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that was a bluff or he actually is, because it actually seems like he's kind of... Oh, no, he's running out of favors. Yeah, like because I'm wondering how much, how far does his pull go? Because he has his friend with the FBI, but at the Thanks. same time, his friend with the FBI wasn't really that helpful. He only just kind of got him a little bit of access. No, his friend with the FBI was kind of just like, hey, I'm doing you this courtesy. This is what's going on. This is the lady in charge. Yeah. You do the rest. And when... Shit hits the fan, I don't want to be involved on it, you know? Or when the bridge burns, I don't want to be on the bridge, I think is, is how he says it. Um, but it, you know, the thing that's interesting to me is that Lee went to Clay, Lee went to Tara, Lee is trying to break all these people, and he seems to kind of be settling in with Clay. And to me, if anyone can beat Lee at this game, it's Clay. Like, he's completely picked the wrong person to get in bed with. Because if anybody's going to know how to be vindictive, if anybody's going to know how to win the war, Clay's going to be able to do that with Lee. So I'm really confused as to how this is going to turn. I actually like that. And I, I I know that it doesn't make sense for Lee to be going after – I mean, it makes sense. But, like, from how you said it, it Clay's the only one who can beat up at this game. Mm-hmm. It makes the writing interesting. And it's also just – Awesome, because Lee is this guy who's so arrogant, and we mentioned it while he was – after we talked to the DA, he says his piece and walks away, mm-hmm. gives her a card, walks away. He does that with a lot of people, gives him the card and walks away. Call me. Um, he's so arrogant, and Clay is the only one who's been able to really bluff him, Yeah, especially with this signing. Like, Lee's the kind of guy who was going to put Clay in prison and let him g- go to the dogs. But now Clay knows. I mean, he knows he has him. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way he's going to let me in prison because if he does, he loses everything. Right. Even with that signed paper. What's he going to do with the signed paper now? Clay doesn't know it's signed. But even then, like... Right. And Clay knows that he has only a limited time or so, Lee says. Um, and he does get his meeting with Gemma, um, which is when we hear Lee quote... Yeah. We and I'll let you t- go that because I missed... Not that I missed it, but I didn't catch well, it, and you caught it quickly. I immediately recognized what Lee was saying. It's a it's a Shakespeare, but I didn't realize it until 
I looked it up online that that's what the name of the episode was. It was, this is 116, uh, Lee quotes Sonnet 116 by Shakespeare, which, should I say the whole thing? I mean, I think we can just say what it was, what it gists. I mean, it's, it just talks about love and how love affects minds and how if you can, let's see here. If you can betray somebody you love, then it was never love in the beginning. Hmm. In a way. Hmm. So it's it's kind of an interesting thing. Just look up Shakespeare's sonnet 116. It, it ends with, uh, Love alters not with his brief hours and weeks, but bears it out even to the edge of doom. If this be error and upon me proved, I never writ nor no man have loved. So that's basically saying... If you don't go to the ends of the earth for somebody, like if you won't die for somebody that you say you loved, then you never loved them in the first place. Which is a whole bunch of BS if you ask me. (laughs) I mean, I feel like the relationship between Clay and Gemma, we've seen them go and do these things and then lie to each other and then cheat on each other and then kill people and then, you know – still have dinner on the table. Like, I just feel like their relationship is just so tragic. Um, and of course, it's a Shakespeare quote. I mean, we've talked about on the show, Kevin and I, before, that this show is so similar to Macbeth and so similar to so many different things in Shakespeare. And there's just that total tragedy is this complete series, which I love. Um, so, you know, Lee is a very twisted individual. Um So, of course, he's going to be the one to quote about love and how it's end-all, be-all, because that's what he's trying to get is vengeance for his sister. But when Gemma and Clay speak, I I didn't know where to go because, you know, he apologizes to her. He tells her that he understands why she did what she did. Um, He tells her that she was a great old lady and that the only reason why he lied to her was because he knew that she would set him straight because she always set him straight and he didn't want to be set straight. And I feel like he's trying to break her. He's trying to see if she'll cry. He's trying to see if he can get an emotion out of her. But I can't tell if it's genuine or not because at this point – and Kevin would Kevin at this point would be screaming at me because Kevin wants Clay to turn around and thinks he's going to be a great guy and he's going <laughs> to be the right one and he's going to stand Sorry, up and no. he's I just don't believe it I just don't believe that Clay has a bone in his body that still cares about anybody but his own survival and that's what I love about the irony of the scene with using the sonnet is Clay is basically acting like he really loved Gemma while he's betraying her. And that, that's the Which whole. Which is what we've seen in the last three seasons. Exactly. So, so the whole sonnet's about that. It's like, he's saying he loves her, but at the same time he's betraying her. And all these words he's saying to her is really just, again, goes back to what he says. I like to hurt people too. Mm-hmm. And this is just his way of hurting Gemma because he knows that she's with Nero now. And she, he knows that she's still got that guilt for sending him away or for helping Jax put him in there. And, if things could have been different, I'm sure that Gemma always has that in the back of her mind. The what if, the what if, the what if. Well, and we see that because she does break and she does mm-hmm. cry and she goes into the lady's room and she calls herself a stupid bitch and says, don't let him get to you. Don't let this happen. Um, because there is that moment of she is still a woman who loved this man and hopes that it could be different. Um, but I would hope that now that she has Nero, who is a strong good-hearted man. I mean, he really does try to do right by everyone in his life. I would hope that she would see that, but you still do see her break until she sees Turek. I also wanted to say one more thing. I know you're getting sick of me talking about this stupid sonnet, 
But um, it kind of makes sense with Lee's character. And he's really weird. We know Super that. Super weird. Super weird. He's getting... Naked he's dancing in the mirror. Naked dancing, shooting a heroin, but he's listening to opera. He's listening to the classical arts. So we can kind of see that he's really big into the classical era, and especially with this sonnet. Think about what it means, and we talked about what it means in terms of Clay and Gemma, but if you think about it in his regard, if he loved his sister, and he believes that in this sonnet, in that... If you can't do everything you can for that one you love, then you never loved her. Imagine everything he's doing against the MC as as trying to prove his love for his sister because he's doing everything he can for the retribution. And I love how he used that word in this episode. Was He doesn't believe in justice. He believes in retribution. He wants to hurt the people who have hurt. And then we have the... the it's it's different with Nero. We have this line from Nero. There's a lot of lines with hurt in this episode. Nero mm-hmm. says, we don't hurt people like that. So the sad part is Nero's probably going to receive his retribution, but he's not the one who hurts people like that. I don't know. It's right. just little, little things thrown out there. So, you know, Lee talks to Gemma and tells, you know, that he's the one protecting Clay and and she of course is irate and then realizes that there's no way that they're protecting Clay unless he's cut a deal and that something needs to happen. And then the next thing we see with Lee is he's struggling with his hands. And I know that we saw him shoot up last week and it didn't lead us to believe that he was having a pain or a struggle, but he's struggling with his hands. He's banging them. He's having this moment. And then we see him sign Clay's name on the paperwork. Yeah, I... I wasn't sure in that scene. Like, I don't know if his hands, like, wouldn't work. So he was, like, and it seemed like he was grunting and wasn't talking. Like, if his hands he, would It looked to me like they were showing that his he, he was struggling with the pen. He couldn't hold it. He couldn't write. He was having pain. And we saw him shoot up last week. And after he shut up, now I'm remembering, he does make this moment with his hand where he's right. able. To, it looks like he's, okay, now I can move it. Like, he, like it's like a like clay, like the shot in his hand. Yeah. Like, that's all I could think of. So he has this moment with his hand. And then he forges Clay's signature. And the next thing we see is him talking to Patterson, the DA. Here, so. here's the signature. Here, I have it. I Which, signed it myself. And But I love that the DA calls him, and not that she knows that it's forged, but she calls him out in it, and she's like, that's nothing. It's inadmissible. We can't use that. We need a legal document. Like, I understand that you're passionate about this, but I'm passionate about these children, and yes, I want to get out of this city, and yes, I want another job, but this is personal for me, too, and we're not going to just use this paperwork, you know, which I respected. But Lee knew that by giving her that information, he would be able to then say to her, Clay needs protective custody. So he's he's basically using everything that he has. I like that she's smart, though. She's super smart. Because she says, like, you're so a risk. Far. You are a risk. Mm-hmm. And it seems like there's a lot that we don't know about Lee. But it, there's a lot that she knows about Lee that we don't. There's a lot that they're not telling us. And little by little, each week, we see a little bit more of him um, and his struggle and his naked, drunk dancing against the mirror and his Shakespeare. Like, every week, we're seeing more how upset he is and how tragic his life is. Um, but he does say to the DA today that he has the most arrest records in the county. And, I mean, he obviously was very good at what he did. He but was. there's obviously a reason why he's not there anymore. I, I think it. I think he might have had, like, a partner that was killed because of him. Something like that that would force him to retire because it really seems like he's the kind of he's the kind of at all costs person. Mm-hmm. 
And For sure. Yeah, so he it definitely seems like he put someone else at risk to get a perp and it ended up badly for him and he forced to retire. But he's crazy. She he is. And and so far the DA is not stupid and understands that he's volatile and that he's probably not somebody that she wants to keep too close. But Lee's using the DA to her to his advantage because now we see Clay gets another night in protective custody. So he's able to use what he has and with her to still get what he wants, whether she's going to utilize him or not, which is smart for him. Because now he can still go see Clay because he obviously has the ins and outs of the prison whenever he wants, which <laughs> still blows my mind. Um, but And then the last thing we see with Lee is that he goes to Nero's club, which I guess makes sense. Because Nero is trying to be more legitimate. Nero is involved with Sons. And Lee is, of course, going to try to make him an offer now to fold on the Sons and to help him, which makes sense. Um, but the the one girl that he picks and gives the note to to meet at the motel, I was almost surprised that it wasn't one of the Kara Kara girls. Mm-hmm. Tara Tara, whatever the hell it was. Like, I was almost surprised it wasn't one of those girls with one of the blondes to come back. I was very surprised that it was just this girl that we didn't know. We really haven't seen. It's not like I remember her from anything um, or where that's going to lead to. I thought of the scene another way. I didn't see it as him trying to split Jax and, well, in that way, like, offered, offer something to Nero. Mm-hmm. I saw this more as that girl is dead. That girl is dead. I don't think that he would risk that. I don't think that he would risk killing someone involved with them at all when he's trying to fold them. I think that he would use her to get information about Nira, about the club, how much they're in business with each other, and then use that information to split Nero and the Suns to just try to get more dirt on the Suns. Because the more people involved with the Suns that he has against them, the better his case is on Pilling them apart. So he's going to go to Nero and say, hey, listen, the DA wants to pin this on you guys. I know it's not you guys. I knew the guns are from the Suns, and I want to take the Suns down. Like That, that, makes, that is I, a good point. That does make a lot of sense. I don't think that he would, he would kill anyone at this point. I just I, – he's either going to use her in that point, but he's going to use her nonetheless. For sure. I just, I just don't trust Lee in that hotel room with anyone alone. He's just too volatile. I don't know. We'll we'll probably see what happens to her next week, but we For don't sure. we don't recognize her. She probably doesn't know that much. So well, it, she's gonna know a little bit. She's there. So I mean, anybody that works anywhere knows who comes in and out, what's done behind closed doors, who goes behind the closed doors. So I think that I was just surprised it wasn't one of the blondes. I especially thought it was going to be the girl that Jax cheated on Tara with, and Gemma gave the face plant, who's played by uh, Kristen Wright, and I thought it was going to be her that that he pulled. Because she's got history with the sons, and not that he would know that, but that would have made the story a little bit more intertwined. And I love seeing her on the show. Wait, so. that's not the girl. You're talking about the new girl Gemma slept with at the end of last episode? No. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Okay, this yeah, that's, di- that's different. Okay, yeah, I, I was... Throughout the seasons. Um, but you guys know it's our job to bring you guys a great Sons of Anarchy after show every week on AfterBuzz TV. And now I have a job for you. I have two of them. First, I want you to go to iTunes and rate and comment on our show. I love reading your comments. I know a lot of you really missed Kevin last week, and he wanted me to tell you how much he misses you as well. So we love to read your comments. So rate, give us five stars if you think we deserve them, which of course we do. Um, and then tell a friend. And then also, 
I know you guys have been listening to us talk about Serial Buddies now for a while. And if you haven't seen it yet, shame on you. But now I have an even better way for you to see it because now you can get it on DVD. You can get it on some pretty easy places. Um, I mean, 7-Eleven is one of the places. Target, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Blockbuster, if there are any open near you. Baker & Taylor <laughs> um, Entertainment Outlet. There's a bunch of different places that I'm sure are on our website. So now you can not only download it in amazing places, but now you can own it on DVD and share it with all your friends and then tell them to go out and buy it. Uh, Kevin and Maria worked really hard on it. It's really funny. If you like Dexter and you like Dumb and Dumber, picture the two together and go buy the DVD and then tell me how much you like it. Kevin and Maria appreciate it, and so do we here, because it helps us. Uh, the money all comes back to us and keeps us. We have a new studio. I'm sure you guys have seen it. If not, you're not watching enough After Buzz shows, because we have a new studio, thanks to things like this. So thank you guys for listening and supporting us. Um, so we have to talk about Tara, because... I, last week, my prediction was that she was not going to make bail because of the fight, and yet she did make bail. Yeah, I I really thought that she wouldn't do anything to endanger separating herself from her kids. That's her one priority, and it seems like this episode you really find out that that's really her only priority, because Jax is not in there at all. Yeah, it, you know, there were so many things that threw me for a loop, and obviously they all tie together in a ugly little bow at the end. Um, but we see her give the lawyer all these notebooks and she says it has all these information. Uh, did you finish the other paperwork that I asked you about? And the lawyer says yes. And I immediately go to custody. Like she wants, she wants to make sure that in the will, if anything happens, that the kids go to their mom, Wendy. And we've, I mean, that's been something that has been talked about for last season as well. So that's where I thought it was going. Um, and then we don't hear anything about it for a while. And we see her and Jax finally talk. Um, and Jax, you know, saying he wants out of guns. He wants to go legit. He doesn't want anyone else to get hurt. He wants the money to be legit. So they're going to continue in the escort business, which may be dirty, but at least it's legal. Trashy, um, but not dirty. And he also, you know, mentions Opie. And I feel like this is going to be something that we're going to see a lot this season is he's going to make a lot of decisions based on Opie and Opie's death. And he wants to make sure that he's not letting him die in vain. And he can't walk away from the club because Opie wouldn't have wanted him to. And in that moment, I felt like I was so hurt for Tara because – Yes, she knows what she signed up for. She knows what she got into. But they had had all these conversations, her and Jax, about leaving and going somewhere else and having a different life. And Jax did seem so on board at some at one point. And like Clay and like his father, the power has now gotten to his head. And now he's making and all decisions about the wrong family. He's thinking about the boys in the club and he's not thinking about his wife and children because he has no idea what's about to hit him. Yeah, I mean it's 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 terrifying because he is he's his father's son and he's as, he's his other father's son. Yeah, he's got traits from both of them and he's taken the worst from a lot of them. Um, which it's it's crazy to see how subtly this has happened from season one till now. How far his character is going down because he went so far up to the goodness and now everything's crumbling around Crash. him as he becomes the gavel. Mm -hmm. And it just goes back to what Clay always told him is like. It's harder than it looks. Like this you have isn't no idea. You yeah. have no idea what it's like to be be at the ta to hold that gavel at the head of the table, and Jax isn't even realizing it that it's just changing him so much. With Tara, though, I mean, they wanted to do this full disclosure, 
they wanted to do this. If, if this is going to work, we need to tell each other everything. And Jax is obviously not doing that. He's sleeping with... And that with... started last season. He was very dishonest with her. Yeah. And even now, like, he doesn't even tell her about the kids in the school shooting and things like that. Right. Like, Which normally that... And even last season, that's a conversation they would have had. Yeah. For sure. Because even though he didn't directly do it, I mean, it affects them, so he would still tell her. Mm-hmm. But now it's just... It's club business. You're not... Right. Not going to tell you. We also find out that her trial is in, with is going to be in six weeks, um, and she she has a conversation with Gemma where she thanks Gemma for taking care of the kids, and Gemma says, "You know, I'm not the one who turned you in," and she tells, you know, Tara says, "I know," but yet doesn't tell Gemma how she knows or who did it or anything. She just kind of leaves it at that. I'm tired. I'm glad to be home and leaves, which. I, I kind of wanted more. I kind of wanted more from Gemma. Like, at that point, like, I feel like for Gemma to take that step back, she knows something's wrong, but not sure what. And normally Gemma would push. And I'm kind of surprised that she didn't push in that moment. I mean, she would just got out of jail. I think that's probably a lot to do with it. Well, yeah, because Gemma never did any time. Well, Gemma never did any time. And Tara, Gemma thinks of Tara as so weak. weak. So it's really like she thinks that Gemma is... I mean, she thinks that Tara would have just broken in jail and kind of things like that. For Little, sure. Gemma wouldn't imagine Tara as the one to beat the crap out of that lady. Right. Even the lawyer doesn't even apparently know about it. It's like, you want to talk about the hand? Like, no, don't worry about it. Doesn't even mention it. So, I don't know. We this this It's really awkward when you see them kind of getting along. I actually like when they get along. I like it. I love it. But I think it's foreboding them, to me. The two of them together could actually bring sense to Jax, to the club, and make things happen in the right direction if they wanted to. Because Gemma has that power. Unfortunately, she just uses it for the wrong things, which is what we always see. Um, But we also then see Tara back at the hospital grabbing paperwork um, and saying she needs a pregnancy test, which... Has Margaret do secret blood work for her? I mean, a pregnancy test, that's... At first, I'm like, holy, really? Could this possibly be happening? A third child? And then once we see the next scene where she's with the lawyer, they talk about the notes. They talk about everything that she writes. The lawyer says it's absolutely terrifying. And then we find out that not only – I mean, I assumed, oh, my God, she's trying to file for full custody. And I didn't think that means she wants a divorce. Like, I I didn't put two and two together. I was just like, oh, she's filing for full custody. And then when she said – do you have the divorce papers done? I was like... I feel like she's doing both. She's filing for full custody. Well, of course. Yeah. Of course. But I didn't... When when I thought custody at first, I didn't think divorce. Like, I don't know why I would... Why she would want full custody if there wasn't a divorce happening. But when she, you know, filed for divorce and she's writing all these notes and she's giving them all this paperwork because she wants to make Jax look like an unfit father which is going to be very easy to do. But she also wants to make sure that by giving out this information that they cannot arrest and incriminate either one of them. So she's protecting him at the same time, but she's pulling his children away from him. Um, And she also does still want Wendy as the guardian if anything's to happen to her, which, I mean, Wendy's clean now. We've seen her. She's been great. Everything's been great, but it's just... I don't know if Tara understands the shitstorm she's about to open when this all happens. I'm still wondering, I need to rewatch the end of last season. At what point does Tara realize she might be pregnant? 
Well, clearly there was no point that we saw because that was not something that was brought up at all until tonight. That's not... I know, but... There's never a moment of her throwing up in the morning. There's never a moment of her holding her stomach. Like, there's never talk or moment or any of that until tonight. Tonight's the first time it was There's none of that, but what I'm saying is there comes a time when she hits that moment, I need to get away from Jax. And it's either the fact that she went to jail or there's a time before that that I haven't noticed where she switches that and realizes she might be pregnant. And she's like, I don't want to be with this with another child. No, I, I don't think that – I don't – I mean I think the pregnancy adds to it. But I think – I mean we knew that she was changing guardianship papers and well, yeah. talking to the lawyer last season. So I think that one thing snowballs into another. I don't think there's one specific moment that we okay. see or don't see. I think one is just snowballing into another and now it's affecting her children and now she's just done. Like – the fact that she almost went to jail and could possibly still go to jail is really scary, and she wants to make sure everything's set no matter what happens, um, which is scary because, I mean, I don't know that in the end, I don't know that Tara would live to see a day with her children without Jack's behind her. Like, I don't, I don't know that Do you think Gemma that- would allow that to happen. I think that Tara would lose her life before she would end up safely with her sons away unless she takes the deal from the government and she's in protective custody. It's the only way that she lives. What if she's in jail? I mean, the the uh, can Gemma reach her in jail? But I'm not saying that. I'm saying if if she gets a divorce and she gets full custody of these kids and walks away, she won't ever walk away. Like there's no way she ever walks away. I'm not talking jail. I'm talking divorce and walking away with the children, which is what she's planning for. I understand. She's not planning for jail. But she's not She's not planning on filing the paperwork until her court date. Of course, because she has to know where she stands first. So if she has to go to jail, then she's going to most likely go to jail with the protection of the club on her. You know what I mean? Which makes sense for her. She would not file that paperwork until she found out whether she was guilty or innocent. It would be my understanding of it. I see. That, that makes sense. Um, so they tell her that the jury would never send you to jail, but at the same time, you never know with Lee, especially. Do you think, well, do you think he'll... a custody, the things that are let go in a custody and divorce hearing can't be used against you in another crime hearing. It's two separate, totally different things. She's no, just I'm, proving him as an unfit mother. You can go in, or an unfit father, you can go in and say, he does drugs, he does this, he does that, and they can't arrest that person. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, they say that she's going to have a jury when she goes to trial for what she's going to jail well, for. Well, Jax tells her that. The lawyer hasn't told her that. Oh, Jax told her that. So yeah. That's right. Jax told her that, not the lawyer. The lawyer has said she'll do what she can, and she thinks that people will sympathize for her, but she hasn't said that no jury's going to convict you. Jax is the one who keeps telling her that. And Jax... He's not always right at Jax all. clearly isn't good. Um, the other thing that we see tonight is Bobby... Um, and he has two guys with him. Uh, one is obviously from a Nevada charter. One was a former no-bad. Um, Quinn, and, Quinn Hopper. and Hopper. Um, and it looks like he's really trying to go on his own and start his own chapter, which, I mean, we're only going to see where that goes. He has to get permission through Jax if they're going to stay in that area. So, I mean... It's very open-ended. It's it's sad to see Bobby sitting alone in a bar by himself with his it's, nap. It's sad, but it's for the better for him right now. He for needs what, one more. For all that stuff that's going on in the club right now, I mean, he would not even be having it 
Yeah, and he needs one more. So, I mean, it takes four, and he only has three so far. And we see them ride together, and we see him sitting at the bar, so we know there needs one more. Uh, and the other thing that happened tonight was the Irish Iraq. Um, Galen is one evil mofo. And they're, Galen's on to Jax. Galen is on to, yeah. I mean, him and Clay had that relationship. They talked all the time. He knew what Clay was doing. He knew Clay's decision making. He knew how Clay felt about Jax. So Clay's on to him. Uh, I mean, Galen's on to Jax. Uh, Jax tells him that they want to push the guns onto San Bernardino. And Galen says, yeah, sure, if you double my business. It's the only way it's going to happen is if you double it. Um, and he wants access to Clay, which, there's, I mean, how there's no way that either one of those things are going to happen. Um, and before any of those things can happen, he's sending a bunch of guns to sons. Just, you know, as a, hey, I know you just had that school shooting. Here's a bunch more guns. And here's take the, the same heat off gun. You now. Yeah. Here's the same gun. And then it's so evil when he, because the way he says it is like, sell him for double the price. Fear just breeds, uh, is it capitalism or wealth or something? He said, just like, fear breeds it. People are going to want those guns now because they know they work. Well, which is the opposite because no gang member or anybody that's a criminal is going to go buy a gun that sold the gun that just killed the kids in the school. I mean, they're not stupid. They know that the heat's on those guns and that's what they're looking for. So they're going to be really hard to get rid of, which is, I think, exactly why Galen gave them to the Suns. But again, we see we see Jack's making a decision that's a club decision without the club. We're not going to sell these guns. But the thing that's right is he doesn't have a club right now. When he when he constantly goes back and says we don't have a table, he's right. I mean, he doesn't have a table. He has Juice, who is going to do whatever he says. He has Chibs. He has Tig. And other than that, that's it. I mean, we see guys come and go. And, you know, there's the prospects. And, you know, but he doesn't have a table right now. He doesn't have enough people to make an educated decision together. Not that all their decisions are educated, but as a club, he doesn't have enough people to really do that right now. So I agree that he, he can't bring stuff to the table, but I don't agree with the way that he's making decisions because he's turning into clay. Well, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think's coming for Chibs? Because from the last, from this episode, Ooh, and the last episode, we should save that for predictions. You want to save that for predictions? I think we should save that for predictions. All right. Well, we've rocked through the show. We have rocked through the show, but I do. This is not a very news gossip heavy show, um, but I do have some news to cover tonight. After Buzz yeah. TV News. So, Deadline reported last week's season opener was watched by 5.87 million viewers, which is a series record for the show. It also makes the season opener the number one show on both broadcast and table TV, and it will make the show the most watched program in the network's 19-year history. Wow. I learned this because Theo Rossi Juice, who plays Juice, tweeted this with, quote, This is why we don't have fans, only family. We are one big dysfunctional family. Ain't that the truth, Theo? Um, reaching out to him, trying to get him in as a guest, because um, we love Theo here at AfterBuzz TV for Sons of Anarchy. Uh, Maggie Stiff, who plays Tara, also sat down with Entertainment Weekly on last week's episode and talked about a couple different things. She talked about the reason why she wouldn't see Jax um, and how it's twofold. She said there's a fact that the bet she was betrayed by Jack setting things up for the kids with Wendy involving uh, involving Wendy being with the kids sorry talking backwards 
And then there was his betrayal in terms of his lack of support for her priorities of getting out of the club and keeping the kids safe. She goes on to say, last week... What I was playing with in the premiere episode is that she's using the time in prison to really collect her thoughts and create a plan for herself in terms of what she's going to do to protect herself and her kids because no one else is going to, including Jax. Super interesting because it leads you to believe that we're going to see a lot more of that. She also weighs in on her haircut um, because, and they talk about it tonight, which is yeah. really funny. But I, I've seen a lot of fans obviously talking about it. She actually wanted to do the haircut for herself off screen, so she went and talked to Kurt, and they both decided that it worked for the show. It's tougher, and there's something about losing her hair that's a little bit like losing the part of her that is submissive to both the club and Jacks. She says her character will continue to do questionable things this season, things that are reminiscent of. Jack- Emma, which makes me a little nervous, but actually excited because I'm glad to see Tara grow some balls. It's about time. She was my least favorite person in this in this series the first two seasons. Least favorite character, and now she's quickly becoming my favorite. Well, she's really been doing that over the seasons, like because she's not she's not just the little little birdie at home. She's a, she's independent, and she has been independent. She's just been kind of pushed back by Gemma, but now she's not taking nothing. Speaking of her not taking anything, Kurt Sutter also talked to EW about the premiere episode as well. He, um, We talked about this at the end of last week's episode about the school shooting, and he talks about his reasoning for the school shooting. He said it's not a political statement, but it's more about being organic to the world he's created. These guys deal guns, and there's a certain amount of disconnect once you put those guns out on the street, not really knowing whose hands they're going to end up in, which I thought was really interesting. And he goes on to talk about just that, that he wasn't making making a statement. He wasn't trying to put it out there. He was just showing that these are the things that happen in this world and it's completely organic. Um, he also talks about Jack's cheating and that Jack's fell in love with the sweet and innocence of Tara. Now that she's becoming an old lady, which is ultimately what he wanted, that's exactly what's breaking them apart, which is why he goes to the madam because she's nurturing and almost maternal in a way that we all know Jax has a weird connection with his mom, <laughs> which we do. They have the weirdest relationship ever. Um, we'll, we will see the strain that Jax... Uh, sleeping with the new madam has on the club and their business relationships in the future. Um, and Kurt thanked all of his viewers for being so loyal. So lots of good stuff last week on Deadline and Entertainment Weekly covering Suns. Finally, I feel like the first four seasons almost, they were getting no recognition. And thankfully now everybody's starting to talk about them because they're huge. So that is our news and gossip for Suns. I guess we can do some predictions. Woo! We did and see. Now, you're after Buzz TV. I want a ball. I want a crystal ball that smokes and turns colors in the middle of when that happens. Um, we had like a one second preview. Yeah, it which was, was so disappointing. It was one scene. It was one scene. We see Jax obviously finally goes to see Clay, um, and he looks straight at Lee and says, "I know this is personal for you, but if you go after my wife, you're going to see just how personal this is for me." Um, we see somebody pulling a gun with a sun's jacket, and then we see a fight in the prison yard, which leads me to believe that Clay goes into Gen Pop. Maybe. I mean, after I don't know. It's gonna. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fun. But at the same time, I don't think too much. I don't think something gigantic is gonna happen in the next few episodes. I mean, we said that earlier when it's. It's gonna be a little bit of a setup and a little bit slower mm-hmm. moving. So, 
of course, I really doubt Clay is going to die with the next few episodes. No, no. Clay's going to be around for a while. And they did, you know, um, the Entertainment Weekly reporter did say that he had saw the first four episodes and that the next two slowed down quite a bit. And Kurt said, you know, it's only natural progression. You have this huge, intense episode, and now you have to see how everything kind of, how the chips fall into play. And you had mentioned Chibs, and I think Chibs and Tig are going to be, you know, pretty important in the next couple weeks because we're seeing both of them struggle with the decisions Jacks are making and especially Chibs. So I'll be very curious to see where the club ends up in the next three weeks because they're definitely starting to fall apart. I mean, Juice and Happy are just like, hey, let's go do this, whatever. And the, you know, the prospects who we didn't see this week are just going to be the same way. But I, I don't know about Juice though. See- I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but Juice, I mean, you saw him after he smothered, uh, What's her name? But he still did it. He still did it, but afterwards, I mean, it's still... Oh, and Jack's kissing him on the cheek after of he course. just did it. That was such a clay move. It was such so a clay, clay move. And, and he's, you know, he's going to continue. Uh, but Jax won't let Juice leave. Ju- Juice is not going to be the one we see make the fourth crew of oh, Bobby. Because yeah. J- Jax won't let that happen. He Juice will die before he lets him leave. Um, but I think the interesting relationship is going to be between Tig and Chibs and how that's going to progress. Because that seems to be the biggest strain right now for Jax. Is they're the old school guys. They've been around for a long time. They were around when his dad was around. And those are going to be, I think, the two biggest strains for some. I think up. I think we're going to see a lot more into into the past of Lee and probably a lot more of his classicalness. He might be he might be pulling out a bible or something in the next few episodes, something about revelations. It really seems like he's going that kind of classic gothic in a way route cuz he's very old school in that way. He's a mess. He is. He's a um, hot mess. I think he's going to it's going to be one of those things where the girl is going to go missing for a while, the one that he brought back to his hotel, but she's not going to be – nothing's going to be wrong with her. It's yeah. going to be that thing where he just made her disappear for like a day by taking her somewhere just to send the message to the club, but not, but she won't even realize that it's part of his play. Right, because he, he can't hurt anybody because then his case folds. So well, and he, he left his card. It, right. it was honestly just to say, hey, guys, I was here. Oh, yeah. He's going to meet this girl. He's going to – Go on a trip for a day or something. He I wants Jax to know that he's going into every portion of his life, and because Nero's going to go back to Jax and be like, "Hey, this guy was at my thing. What's going on?" So early, early on prediction. Early on prediction for later in the season. I'm going to say that after the papers are filed from Tara, Jax is going to think that was Lee's doing, and Jax is going to go after Lee for that, and quite possibly kill him for that. I don't know if it'll go that far, but we'll see. All right. Um, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, you can find me here at After Buzz TV hosting the season, no, series finale of Dexter this Sunday, season eight, episode 12. It's going to be crazy. And you can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X. And behind the booth at AfterBuzz. And you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Crystalia. And like my Facebook page because you guys are so cool that I don't have any more room for friends. So now you have to like me. I had to create a special page just for you guys. So make sure you like it. And this is currently the only show, actually, that I'm doing on AfterBuzz TV. So make sure you're here with me every Tuesday. And we will see you next week. Hopefully Kevin and Matt will be back. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. 
I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz see you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.